tuning into Big Ten on Tap. This is our premiere episode brought to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. My name is John Suarez. Joined with you by my co-host Johnny Nani. Johnny, how we doing, man? Good, man. College football right around the corner. Uh, I know it already started for a couple of other teams, but uh, our teams, uh, Northwestern at Stan- at Stanford tomorrow, and then uh, Illinois hosting Akron. So, John, I am pumped. Uh, you know, dawn of a new season. Fresh slate, fresh start. Um, usually, you know, as an Illini fan here, uh, that's kind of the, the the highest I'll feel about the team all season. So uh, how about you, man? How's it going? I'm excited, man. I've always been wanting to do, like, get into something where we can talk, um, where I can talk Northwestern, but to be able to do this where you can talk about the Illini too, and obviously it's going to be able to mesh a lot of common opponents. Obviously they play each other the last game of the season every year. So it's going to be a fun year. I'm excited for our start of our season and the start of our team seasons tomorrow. Um, By the time this episode releases, it'll probably be today. But I'm really excited, man. This is going to be an intriguing year for the Illini, especially. Um, You know, they're coming off of that 4-8 record. Uh, Lovey Smith is coming. He's not, you know, he's not new. So he's... He's probably got to do something this year. And, you know, Northwestern's coming into a year with higher expectations than I can remember. So, you know, they're expecting a lot from these two Illinois programs. And I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think you hit the nail on the head there with Lovey, man. Year four, it's time. It has been time. He's had the rebuild period. Uh, you know, we're, we're if anyone is listening, you know, uh, had been converted from Shy Sox Weekly or referred to from here. Uh, you know, we talk about a rebuild with the White Sox all the time. That's how it's been for Illinois football. Seems like the past ten years, but um, it's time for Lovey to pretty much put up or shut up. And uh, we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, just as an overview, I think that's a good way to phrase it. John yeah so to kind of get into it a little bit to start um Big Ten on tap what it's going to be is it's going to be a show um previewing the week's matchup of Northwestern and Illinois you know we'll be able to hopefully get some guests in and out of here maybe some former players some people that are very knowledgeable about maybe Illinois or Northwestern um probably going to run on the format of about an hour maybe an hour and a half episodes and then we'll recap the uh, games that were played prior to the episode. Um, so, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be an exciting year. Let's get a little bit of a background about ourselves. I'll let you start and let um, whoever may be listening know, you know, why you're so big uh, into the Illini and why I'm such a big Northwestern guy. Absolutely. So I've uh, grown up, uh, my older cousins, I only have one sibling and, uh, you know, is I have an older sister. So um, my older cousins were kind of like my older brothers, so to say, uh, as my family's pretty close, uh, extended family. So, um, you know, we, we'd hang out, play football in the yard and all that kind of stuff. Um, the, those guys are you know, a few years older than me. One's about three years older, another one about uh, seven, eight years older than me. So, um, you know, we would... Uh, they both went to Illinois 
and uh, I, ever since I can remember, uh, in like second, third grade, I've been going down to Champaign for Illini football games, and I just fell in love with it, man. Um, you know, the in, we had a good run in basketball, so that was probably my you know fifth grade year. Um, obviously, that that team, I think the whole state got behind them. Even if you were a Northwestern fan, you were kind of rooting for the Illini. Uh, that that kind of uh, you know, vibe there uh, is something that you can get behind. Uh, but I was fully invested into it, watched every game, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, as I was growing up, uh, looking at colleges, I um, eventually ended up, you know, I always wanted to go to Illinois. Uh, it was close. I kind of, you know, got on, put on the wait list, but then I finally got in. Um, so, yeah, I, I went to Illinois. I graduated in 2016. And, um, you know, even while I was there, you know, just as diehard as I was growing up, I, you know, it was tough years there, but man, uh, it was cool atmosphere to be around. Um, you know, you gotta love the Illini bars there. Uh, everyone knows champagne is the best bars in the country. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, man, it's just stem from there. And I, I love sports. I mean, obviously, uh, like I had mentioned, we're both on tri Sox weekly, diehard Blackhawks, white Sox, um, Illini fan. So, um, to be able to talk about it on here is going to be really cool, John. And, uh, just a little background between us two. Um, you know, John's a big Northwestern guy. And as soon as we got into, you know, our, we can share, uh, loves with the white Sox, but we'll go head to head, uh, Illinois Northwestern stuff. And actually one of the first times I actually met John in person, um, it was a white Sox post game event and we were at a bar and, you know, we, we had been, you know, drinking at the game and whatever. And so, so we, we were feeling pretty good at the bar afterward. And uh, we were debating Illinois Northwestern. We actually made a bet um, for this past year, uh, 2018 football. Um, and we made a $50 bet straight up at Illinois Northwestern. And of course, I ended up paying uh, John $50 because we all know how that goes with Illinois football. Um, but yeah, it, we're, we're highly competitive about it. And uh, it's good, though, because we both know our stuff. And, uh, you know, it's good to have two different perspectives, I think. Uh, some of the other shows are great. Like, I love, you know, it's good to have a camaraderie with White Sox fans over on Chai Sox Weekly. But I'm looking forward to some of this banter back and forth, John. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give the North western side of big 10 on tap yeah so uh growing up there's kind of two parts to this um growing up i just loved watching football on the weekends you know i was i was a pretty big bears fan growing up it kind of died out i really just enjoyed college football more i just feel like they show more passion i feel like the games are way more uh quicker pace with a lot of teams that run no huddle you know i just don't think I, i'm not the biggest fan of the nfl game so I got way into college football when I was probably like eight or nine years old. And I obviously need to pick a team. So the first part of this would be that my brother was a really big Illini fan back then. He's actually a Notre Dame fan now. But he really, like, like you had said, the basketball team that everybody had got behind that played the national championship against North Carolina, you know, we followed that team pretty closely. I was really young. I think I was like... I, I think I'm like two years younger than you, Johnny. So I want to say that I was in like third grade. So that's like the beginning of like your memory bank. So um, I barely remember that at all. But, you know, my brother was big into that team. And then obviously the team that made it to the Rose Bowl with like Richard Mendenhall and Juice Williams. So he was pretty big into the Illini back then. And I just always liked liking the teams that were the rivals of the teams that he liked. <laughs> so obviously that come to play Northwestern. They weren't the best back then. Um, Tyrell Sutton was like the first Northwestern player that I actually like enjoyed watching play. Anytime that they were on, you know, I would play or I would watch them. Any like time that I would play someone in like NCAA Game Breaker or like NCAA football, like I would always pick Northwestern. 
So that's where that kind of started. And then it got like, it grew even more when I was in like closer to like fifth, sixth grade. My aunt um, went to St. Vitor High School and she ended up going off to college, a different college than who I'm about to bring up. But she went to St. Vitor High School with Brett Bazinet, who before Clayton Thorson, who just graduated last year, was like Northwestern's record holder in like basically every single passing category in school history. So um, I knew him a little bit growing up. I met him a couple times. I don't really remember it vividly, but obviously it's cool. Like, so once you meet like someone or like, obviously if you know someone that you know is going to like a school, or you know, plays for a certain team, you follow them more closely. So I followed Northwestern heavily starting in like the Brett Bazemi years. And I've just followed him a lot since, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I think is like one of the greatest coaches in college football. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, like you had said, I'm really, really excited for the banter because I don't have like any, fr- all my friends are like fucking Alabama fans or Clemson fans or Notre Dame fans. Like we're trying to reach out to the group that we can relate to. You know, there's not a lot of Northwestern fans out there. Northwestern open, opens up against Stanford. You're not going to see a lot of purple, you know, even our home games, you don't see that much purple. Um, the Illini, you know, they were pretty big when I was growing up. Not a lot of people seem to be in tune with them either. So we're trying to reach out and gear the community back together. We want, I want to know more about Illinois. I want to know more about the team that is a rival of the team that I like. And I want Illinois fans to know more about Northwestern. So we hope that we're going to be able to do that. Um, But let's get into it, Johnny. How about you tell me a little bit of news about the Illini football team since we got football going on right now? Yeah, I'm going to jump into the news in one second. But you brought up one thing uh, as you were finishing up there that uh, just reminded me, too. Um, I forgot to mention my little intro. Um, You know, people, I think you made a good point about the, you know, all the fan, uh, your friends being Alabama, Notre Dame, whatever, the big schools, Georgia's, whatever. Uh, He's kind of picked those teams. And I've had people ask me, oh, why don't you just jump ship? Illinois athletics suck. Well, I am a former employee of the Division of Intercollegiate Athletics at Illinois uh, during my time there I was uh, the head student manager of the women's basketball team so um, yeah, I'm ride or die man uh, I'll stick with them through thick or thin obviously been very thin lately um, but that, that's just another part of my backstory so I do have a connection personally uh, to fighting Illini athletics uh, with via women's basketball and then obviously following um, all the other teams going to a bunch of games while I was in school um, but like you said let's get into it uh, uh, Illinois news from the offseason. So um, biggest blow, I, I got to say, is uh, Marquez Beeson. Uh, he was a four-star ranked uh, cornerback out of Texas, and uh, he suffered a knee injury uh, during their practices uh, back in mid-August. And uh, he, this guy was supposed to, you know, jump right in, start on this defense, help, uh, you know, stabilize such an atrocious line of defense. They were bottom of the barrel in almost every single defensive category last year. Um, so that's a big blow. That, that's typical line I luck, as I'm going to say, you know, on we'll have to come up with the uh, um, uh, hashtag Catch or something race. for that. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, like for the White Sox, we have that. So White Sox, when something goes awry. Um, on the south side, well, we're going to have to figure that out for when it goes awry in Champaign because it does very often. So, uh, like I would mentioned, Marquez Beeson, he, he was supposed to be uh, 
huge part uh, of this defense starting this year. But uh, we're going to have to wait another year to see him. Uh, that is the first and foremost thing. Another big loss on defense um, was Bobby Roundtree, a really unfortunate accident. Um, it, it was a swimming accident. I don't know all the specifics about it. Um, I also, I mean, I don't want to share it because it was, uh, you know, something that could have been potentially life-threatening, but um, he, he was a big part of the defensive line, and he was supposed to be a big force in the middle this year. Um, unfortunately, he, he is out for the season as well. So um, th- those are two biggest uh, injuries. And then um, just some transfer news. You know, Jeff Thomas, wide receiver from Miami, was originally going to come to, you know, he was going to get out of Miami, transfer, had picked Illinois because he's originally from, uh, I believe, St. Louis area. And he committed to the Illini for about two weeks and then backed out of it, went back to Miami. Um, classic. That's another instance of that uh, classic Illini lock. Um, and then, uh, so that's in the transfer department. Uh, didn't get a boost in the receiving core there. And then uh, another one that would have helped the receiving game, Luke Ford. Uh, he actually had a good reason. He was transferring back home, uh, be closer to uh, an ill family member. Um, you know, we all know the NCAA has a bunch of uh, hoops and valleys to go through to be able to get your transfer uh, approved and, and, you know, play right away. And his, unfortunately, did not go through, even though everybody believes he had a case. Um, and it's one of the biggest travesties, I think. A uh, huge black mark on the NCAA, uh, in my opinion. But uh, Luke Ford, he's he still got three years of eligibility left, but unfortunately not going to see him this season. So he would have been a big help, uh, big tight end. Um, he was highly ranked when he went to Georgia. And, uh, you know, he'll be back with Illinois next year, but it would have been nice to see him this year to help kind of jumpstart this thing uh, and lo- help Lovey right the ship here. Um but other than that, uh, you know, we're talking offseason news here. Most recently, um, another Miami transfer uh, safety, Derek Smith, he committed to the Illini. Um, so I always, I made like a joke tweet from the uh, Big Ten on tap account. I said, you know, oh, transfer from Miami, give it two weeks, he'll back out. <laughs> um, that's just what it seems like. Uh, but, yeah, he, he'll be joining next year as well because he, he's uh, transferring just to transfer, didn't have any, uh, you know, family-related issue or anything like that. So he, he won't be active until next year again. Seems like they don't even care if you have a family-related issue. Yeah, exactly, they don't. That's the NCAA for you. Um, but then other than that, another piece of good news then, it seems like all this has been negative. That's going to be a recurring theme here with Illinois side of things. But, uh one piece of good news, uh, 2024 star receiver James Frenchy from Trinity Catholic in St. Louis, uh, he did commit to Illinois, so um, he will be a big boost in the receiving game uh, come next year. It's a and, great name. Uh, yeah, James Frenchy, yeah. So like um, other than that, I mean, uh, it's going to be the second year under Rod Smith's offense. Uh, we'll get into the, you know, what the attack's going to look like when we get more into these uh, previews uh, of these games coming up here. And then Lovey is back to calling plays on defense, which obviously is his strength. And like I had mentioned, bottom of the barrel in almost every category defensively last year. So um, ho- hopefully Lovey uh, calling the shots will make things better uh, there. And um, other than that, um, they, the, uh, you know, you, you have a point here in yours that'll be a little bit different situation than Illinois. Uh, Illinois did establish a QB1 that will be graduate transfer from Michigan, Brandon Peters, and he'll be starting over um, Isaiah Williams, who, who is another really t- highly touted um, uh, quarterback from Missouri. Um, and he, he he's pretty much, you know, the total package with arm and legs. Uh, he make plays with both. On the other hand, Peters is more of a pro-style quarterback, so um, we'll see how that works because uh, the Illinois 
uh, offensive line is notorious for being really solid in the run block game, but just putrid in the past block game. So um, going to be interesting to see uh, if uh, Peters struggles, even if it's no fault of his own, just because the lines get into him, they may elect for a more athletic quarterback who can move around. So obviously that Isaiah Williams, I'm going to be referring to him as juice 2.0 because that is the same exact name as the juice that led the Atlanta to the Rose bowl in 2007. Um, and then uh, there's also sophomore Matt Robinson and redshirt freshman Karan Taylor. Uh, they could see time uh, if they're looking for a more athletic option. So, uh, John, it, it was a little bit of a mouthful there, but uh, it was a lot of news for the Illini over the offseason. So uh, getting to the Northwestern side of things. No, well, yeah, I am going to. But first, this is what I want to touch on something really quick. This is, like, going to link back to what I was talking about with the me not knowing that much about Illinois. I had no idea that Juice Williams' fucking name was Isaiah Williams. Like, the mm-hmm. more you know. You know what I'm yep. saying? So, like, the, like, just roll with us. But I I do feel sorry for Illinois. They did kind of get bit by the transfer bug this offseason. And, you know, that's a team that... They could have really used a guy like a Luke Ford this year, especially with a, a quarterback transfer and Brandon Peters that I didn't even know transferred to fucking Illinois. Did he like transfer last year and then sit out last year? Or cause he's that a wasn't... grad. He's a grad transfer, so he can play immediately because he, he already graduated from Michigan just early, but and then he's got did, two years of eligibility left here. When's the last time he even played? He he was a dude that wore like number twenty-two, right? Um, I'm not sure exactly. I thought it was like 18 or something like that, was but I, was... I could be wrong. I, I honestly, he played like more in his, uh, like freshman, his red, year. Red freshman year at yeah. Michigan in that 2017, I believe it was Outback Bowl that they were in. Um, and he actually had an okay, it wasn't great, no, nothing eye popping, but he got a decent amount of time in that season and then barely played at all. Uh, I think he threw about eight passes, uh, in 2018. So, um, they ended up getting the dude from Ole Miss, uh, Shea, Shea Patterson, Peterson, Patterson. Patterson. So, um, yeah, but moving on, we know a little bit about the big 10, not a fucking bunch, but I know a lot about Northwestern, but, um, yeah, moving on. Um, it wasn't the biggest, like we didn't have a lot of, you know, we didn't get many grad transfers. I think we got like a grad transfer punter and he didn't even win the starting job. So, you know, Northwestern had a pretty quiet offseason. Um, looking at their schedule, though, you know, so there's two things about rankings. And, like, obviously preseason rankings don't matter. They're irrelevant. A lot of times teams that are ranked in the top 25 in the preseason don't even end up being ranked in the top 25 in the postseason. You know, there's obviously, like, the Blue Bloods that stick around, and we know who they are. But, like, the teams like the Nebraskas who just snuck in, like, I'll get into that in a second. Like, shit like that. Utah being ranked 14th when, um, like, losing to us in a bowl game last year. Shit like that. So, six of our first seven games, Johnny, are against uh, teams ranked in the top 25. So, a gauntlet of games to open up the season. A fair amount of them are home games. You know, obviously, we got the opener away at Stanford. But a good, decent amount of those games are home games. I know um, the most important one, in my opinion, is going to be against Ohio State, and that's a home game. But it's on a Friday night, which is, like, absolutely stupid. So the rematch of the Big Ten Championship there. (laughs) Um, The only really, like, devastating blow that Northwestern had, like, injury slash um, losing a player that didn't graduate-wise, Cam Green, our super back, who was a pretty predominant part of the offense. You know, he was a good red zone target last year and the year before. Uh, He retired for health-related reasons, so, you know, they got shoes to fill it. Uh, We call it super back. It's tight end. 
So the reason they call it super back is because they slot into the back, backfield and play like a hybrid fullback a lot. That's why um, one of our uh, former superbacks is a fullback now and another one's a tight end. Like, it's a weird, I don't know. It's actually really cool. But um, the runner-up, or like the guy, no, sorry. I'm like fumbling over my words right now. But the guy who was looking to replace Cam Green Trey Pugh is not listed on the two deep depth chart that was released on Monday for Northwestern. So that's a little bit concerning. So Northwestern actually has a redshirt sophomore, Charlie Mangieri, a local kid from Illinois. He's going to be starting at um, Superback. And I don't have much background on the guy. I don't know if he's going to be more of a receiving tight end or if they're going to kind of using as more of a blocking tight end. Um, you know, obviously Northwestern does have the quarterback battle coming in, starting with an away game against a top 25 team. You are going to have a lot of early struggles, uh, presumably. So they got to get the run game going early. And to have a returning running back in Isaiah Bowser, who was one of the leading freshman rushers in the NCAA last year, that is big time because you want to be able to establish some sort of offensive uh, momentum early on. So... Like I had mentioned earlier, um, Nebraska, who finished 4-8 and eight last year, the same record as Illinois, Johnny, they are ranked 24th to start the year. Um, Northwestern, who played in the Big Ten championship last year, finished 8-1 and one in Big Ten play. Their only loss was to Michigan, a game that they led uh, by 17 points at one point. And they ended up not being ranked um northwestern's actually not even in the top like 27 i think they were like the third team receiving the most votes but they finished the year nine and five they even won their bowl game so you know like i had said earlier preseason rankings a lot of bullshit but definitely something that's really annoying um and yeah, one like I, point, earlier, oh, go ahead. I just want to step in and you know we're going to banter a lot back and forth about illinois northwestern but i think we can both agree that um fuck nebraska I oh mean, my God! Yeah, Nebraska's like, been a huge just, rival to Northwestern. Like they've probably been our second biggest rival besides Illinois since they yeah, joined just, the Big Ten. Just when you, I saw that in the news there in our little rundown sheet here, and you said that you know in Nebraska four and eight last year, it's like man, you know they're just gonna you know completely crap the bat again. Uh, something's gonna happen. They may have a good team on paper, but something's gonna happen where they just you know they're gonna look back and be like, wow, that was a complete oversight, uh, and you know. Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, is like the fifth um, biggest favorite, or like the fifth high, has the fifth highest odds to win the fucking Heisman this year. Dude, I'm telling you, you something something is gonna go wrong. It's Nebraska, man. Yeah, they're um, heavily overrated. I, I, sorry, I, 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 I mean, coach, and I mean, they'll they'll be decent, but they're not gonna be fucking. They're not definitely not gonna be ranked at the end of the year. And Adrian Martinez is definitely not going to be taking that trip to New York <laughs> at the end of the year for the yeah. Heisman Trophy ceremony. Oh, so, sorry that. to get you sidetracked there, but I, when you brought up Nebraska, I just had to butt in and say something because I, right. I'm not yeah, I fucking Nebraska. hate Nebraska. No, trust me. Um, there's only been like one game since Nebraska joined the Big Ten that hasn't been like a one possession score between Northwestern and Nebraska and their football matchups, which it's been like six years now or something like that, or maybe even like seven. So, <clears throat> moving on from Nebraska, because I fucking hate Nebraska. I actually got into a huge, like, Twitter argument with some people from Nebraska over the summer, which was hilarious. But, you know, yeah. 
screw them. The last thing on tap here for the Northwestern News Department, uh, we do have a quarterback battle on our hands that I had kind of um, alluded to a little bit earlier. Um, Clayton Thorson did graduate, you know, Northwestern's all-time leading passer. So big shoes to fill. He was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, in step, either TJ Green, who saw a little bit of action last year. You know, Clayton Thorson was coming off of that torn ACL, so they needed a little bit of um, kind of a backup plan, a second option, so to say, uh, to kind of alleviate some of that pressure from Thorson, who tore it in the bowl game. So he had a very quick uh, recovery timeline to get back to playing. Um, but, yeah. So Hunter Johnson would be the other candidate that he transferred from Clemson. You know, he's a former five-star recruit. He would have been the highest recruit in Northwestern history had he committed to them um, straight out of high school. And, you know, we've only had, like, I think one other five-star recruit in program history on our roster. It was Kyle Prater who transferred from USC. You know, he had, uh, I believe the reason he transferred home was because his grandmother was sick and he had grew up in... um, Oh my God, it's gonna kill me. I can't remember where the oh Maywood. He went to Maywood, so you know he was a he was a Chicago kid. So he wanted to go to a school and play high caliber football where he was closer to home. Uh, he didn't really pan out. He was decent at times, but so I mean, there's a lot that comes with that five star prospect, you know, Chip. And here's a guy who obviously lost the starting battle to Trevor Lawrence, who led Clemson to the national championship last year. So that's got to be, like, a little bit disheartening, you know. You were probably promised a lot by Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. You were probably promised that you were going to eventually play. And then here's a kid that's younger than you getting the starting job as a true freshman and absolutely lighting it up so you know you're not going to play. <laughs> like, there's no way I'd yep. be playing that fucking kid. So, yeah, um, from what I hear, he's a soft-spoken kid. And, you know, I mean, his brother played at Northwestern. He was a walk-on receiver, more of a special teams guy. So that was more of like his relation to he's from Indiana. So obviously a local ish kid, but with his brother having already played for a Pat Fitzgerald Wildcats team, obviously that probably played a little bit of a factor in him wanting to come here. So it was a perfect storm, you know, with a four year quarterback that Northwestern had had. He was, you know, we started Thorson as a redshirt freshman against Stanford. I was there. That was his first career game. And here's another kid who is going to be, he's actually a redshirt sophomore because he played in a few games two years ago for Clemson and then entered the transfer portal last year, entered it a little bit late, obviously had to sit out, wouldn't have played last year anyways, but kind of like the same situation with like the transfers that's happening, like we had that same situation last year. So now he's being able to um, finally play. And I hope, I, you know, I mean... I hope both of them get to play week one. You know, Northwestern did it last year against Purdue. I was actually there. It was a really exciting game, and it seemed like it helped both the quarterbacks kind of settle in. Obviously, you have to eventually roll with whoever you're more comfortable with as the game progresses, but to kind of get a feel for it and to kind of, you know, it makes the other guy want to go out and be better. If he's like, shit, I can't go into the series. They're taking me out right now. Like, what the hell? Now I have to go out and play even harder next time. And you're either going to one shit the bed because the pressure is too much or two step up and produce. So hopefully they both don't shit the bed. You know, I'm hoping for a W obviously we want to win every game. So, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, We're going to break down a little bit of last year. You know, we're not going to get too in depth about it. And then we're going to preview our matchups this week. And uh, yeah, so 
Johnny, why don't you tell me a little bit about Illinois' 2018 season? Yeah, so Illinois went 4-8 and eight, uh, overall, 2-7 and seven in conference. Uh, it started off with two wins, non-conference, easy wins, Kent State and uh, Western Illinois, even though they didn't make it look all that easy against Kent State, was a 31-24 win. Um, but then they uh, have U, 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 excuse me, USF. I won't keep on to say UCF whenever I see it, but no, they did not play the uh team that, play, that proclaims themselves national champions um that's another topic that we can go into in a later episode but anyway uh us they just South, destroyed South. whoever they played yesterday sorry to cut you off i forgot yeah. who it was but they won like yeah they won by like 60 i had a lot of on ucf we could we could go into those like i said <laughs> all right Anyway, uh, South Florida, USF, uh, came to Soldier Field. And Illinois actually put up a good game. Um, it was really close, but um, once again, the pass defense letting them down in that game. Uh, uh, 25-19 loss there. And then uh, they held close with Penn State on a Friday night game down in Champaign after that to open up Big Ten play, um, but then just got absolutely blown out in the second half. Uh, ended up being 63-24, so that score doesn't even look like it was ever close. But I promise you, in the first half, it was. Uh, they were neck One and neck. One thing I had noticed about their schedule last year is their first, like, four maybe even five games were at home uh yeah so uh the first two were at home and then the third one was a pseudo home game at uh soldier field in chicago and then uh that f- that fourth one the open okay up, yeah uh, you got the play was at home True. so yeah you did say soldier that's the neutrals okay yeah I got you. so technically neutral but obviously in illinois and yeah florida, south florida, south florida like how many fucking yeah. south florida fans do you think there are in like the greater chicagoland area yeah exactly so um then they got they got a first big 10 win at Rutgers week after you know Rutgers nothing special but good to get that confidence under you after two losses in a row um got absolutely smoked blown out by purdue homecoming weekend uh that was just terrible i could barely yeah, smoked watch. a couple times last year yeah um and then uh game at wisconsin after that didn't get any easier uh, a lot of snow conditions um, i mean we were fumbling the ball left and right and running rushing attack was our you know main source of offense and it will be again this year but uh that, that's kind of how that one unfolded wisconsin stopped them 49 20 um at maryland god that was a brutal loss i was actually down in champaign this game was at maryland though so i was at uh, one of the bars in Champaign, um, watching it, and uh, just uh, just to say the drinks were flowing heavily uh, because of the line. I lost heavily, 63-33 to 33 to a Maryland team uh, that they definitely could have beaten, I think, um, or at least had a chance against. Um, and then the next week, I was actually, uh, I think they had a bye week, and then uh, they had Minnesota at home. And this was actually one of their, there's had to be their best win of the season. They won 55-31. Reggie Corbin broke off, like, an 80 yard run and a 70 yard run. I think um, it was just, it was awesome. And I was down there for it, got the tailgate, get the full experience. So uh, that, that was probably the best win of the season, the highlight of the season, but then it goes complete downhill from there. Um, loss at Nebraska, uh, 54, 35. And then uh, it, they got absolutely destroyed. Uh, one of the worst days in Illinois football history, uh, 63, nothing at home against Iowa. And then I, uh, at Northwestern and the season, John, uh, the one I lost $50 on, uh, 24, 16, actually a little closer than I thought it was going to be. That game was a fucking stinker. I was actually scared, dude. Yeah, I know. We're, South we're te- Florida, they're about to play Wisconsin right now. Yeah, we, we were texting during that game, and yeah, I could not believe it was as close as it was, and I know you were getting worried, but, you know, uh, the... <laughs> 
I, I believe there's an interception late in that game that, that kind of sealed the deal. And, and I knew I was like, okay, what's your Venmo? I'll just send it to you. Um, but yeah, that, that's a rundown of uh, last season. So obviously two conference wins. Uh, th- that is not up to standards. Uh, Lovey Smith, like I said, fourth year needs to step it up this year. I think that's the biggest takeaway from 2018. Sure. The four wins uh, looks better than, you know, what we, we've had two wins overall in pre- a couple previous seasons. Um, so I guess it's an improvement from there, but just absolutely unacceptable. Um, so it's it's got to turn around this year. That's all I have to say about that, John. Uh, you can go and hit up Northwestern's 2018. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, Northwestern's 2018 season was actually it was awesome. Um, I ended up going to quite a few big-time games. I went to the Notre Dame game last year, which ended up being a loss, but you know, Northwestern got down by a lot early, and they started to claw their way back. And, you know, and it was an exciting atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I also went to the Big Time Championship, which was uh, kind of the same deal. They did end up losing to Ohio State. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. And there were moments in that game where it was really loud, and it wasn't Ohio State fans, which was fucking awesome um, to see because, you know, you think there's not a lot of Northwestern fans out there but, you know, we're we're a rowdy bunch if, you know, I mean, even like the nerdy alumni. I'm actually not an alumni. You know, you had mentioned earlier, I want to get that out of the way uh, first and foremost. You know, I've just been a Northwestern fan my whole life. And a lot of people kind of give me a lot of shit for it because, you know, it's like a, it's a private school, you know, and it's more, you, you know, more so like a nerdy, you know, obviously tomorrow's. The Nerd Bowl, Stanford against Northwestern. You know, two <laughs> the prestigious, two prestigious academic uh, programs that you know I wasn't even fucking that good in school. <laughs> so I, I, I respect it. I respect it much more than Notre Dame fans. though, I'll tell you that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, but yeah, enough of that. Um, the whole season in a whole, as I said, they started the year at Purdue last year. It was the first game on ESPN, actually. It was that Thursday night game. So basically, like all the games that we watched yesterday, the ESPN game was Northwestern and Purdue instead of whatever the fucking shitty-ass game that they made. It was Cincinnati against um, UCLA. UCLA. Awful. That game sucked. Yeah. That game was trash. So... Uh, they won 31 to 27. They got ahead early, and uh, Purdue started to claw back. Actually, made it really interesting there at the end. And Rondell Moore, um, just that was he burst out of the scene. He had like almost, I think he had like 200 yards receiving. So um, I was there. I was in the press box for that. It was actually really cool. I got to interview a couple of the players, and uh, TJ Green was one of the guys that I talked to at the end of the game um, last year. So uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, they lost the following week to Duke at home. Uh, Daniel Jones tore Northwestern up two straight years. He, you know, I don't know if his game's going to translate to the NFL level, but he, there was something about him in the Northwestern secondary. He fucked us up, like, bad. Like, we could not handle him two years in a row. Um, following week, um, at home against Akron, your guy's opponent tomorrow. Northwestern was winning by 18 at one point. You know, it was a game that just kind of slipped away, and it was one of those things where it happened so fast. I, I, it, I was pissed drunk, and I was at a loss for words. You know, it's one of those games you're playing Akron. You think it's it's a it's a cookie cutter game. You think you're gonna it's in the bag, and I hope you don't think 
like that tomorrow about Akron because I never do with Illinois. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope because I thought that way and that about ripped my heart out. And now here you are, you're sitting at one and two with a loss to Akron in a year that you started with a in conference victory. So you know it looked it looked bleak at times for the 2018 Northwestern team. And then the next week you're playing Michigan. And you're winning uh, 17 to nothing, I want to say, at one point. Or I don't even remember. I I can't remember what the score was. But you're winning at one point to Michigan, and then you blow that game too. You end up losing 20 to 17. You know, you have a chance to tie it up or, you know, take the lead towards the end of the game, and it just kind of falls apart. And that was actually the last game for our running back, Jeremy Larkin, who had started the year last year. He was supposed to be the replacement for Justin Jackson, who's Northwestern's all-time leading rusher. And he was a stud. You know, he was great. But he had uh, one of those injuries where it's like you, he had to retire. I can't remember. I think it was uh, he had cervical stenosis, where, like, the lining of his spinal cord is too narrow. So, like, if he gets hit too hard, he could, like, be par- – or he has a high chance of being paralyzed, I, I think. Don't quote me on it. But – that, you know, like I said before on the Shysox Weekly, you had mentioned, I, we're not doctor guys, so I don't know exactly. Not doctor guys. Not doctor guys. But, you know, he had to retire. The The program lets him fulfill his scholarship still and lets him return in a coaching role. So now he's like sort of a student advisor um, filling in, and the team's one in three. You know, you start the year one and oh, you're sitting at one and three right now. It's not pretty. And you have an away game against Michigan State. So that's, you know, there's videos of Northwestern in the locker room of this game. You know, Clayton Thorson giving, you know, Clayton Thorson was a great leader. So that's going to be something that's dearly missed in that locker room. Because I feel like he kind of gave, like, one of those speeches that definitely, you know, helped turn their season around. You know, they go to into Michigan State. I believe that game was Michigan State's homecoming. Don't quote me on it. But they end up winning 29-19. And then the next week, the, Nebraska comes in, and Nebraska's 0-6 at this point. They're beating us. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, you, here you have 2-3 uh, and three Northwestern, and, or maybe 0-5. Here you have 2-3 and three Northwestern against 0-5 Nebraska on ESPN, just like one of the biggest stinker games. I'm sure they signed that game to be an ESPN game like going into the season, and they're probably like, fuck, both these teams suck. <laughs> And um, Nebraska is winning late in the game. And Northwestern goes on a 99-yard touchdown drive with, like, a minute and 50 seconds left. And I don't think they had any timeouts. They might have had, like, one timeout. Uh, And J.J. Jefferson gets a touchdown. You know, they go to overtime, and Northwestern ends up winning 34-31. to So now you're you're starting to cook. You're 3-3, and and you're going to play at Rutgers. So they won. They beat Rutgers. It was actually a really tough game. They only won 18-15. to so they're now four and three, and then they have a home game against Wisconsin. And this is honestly because Iowa had lost, I think, like a couple Big Ten games early. Like I think they played like, I don't remember exactly who it was, but they they like their chance to win the Big Ten kind of faded early on in the year. I remember that. So now we have Wisconsin at home, and we're sitting at like three and one or four and one in Big Ten play at this point. And if we win here, you know, there's not really any real competition. You know, you've beat until Iowa. So they beat Wisconsin 31 to 17. They have Notre Dame at home the next week, and they lose 31 to 21. They started to come back, um, and, but they ended up it ended up being too much at the end. Um, they went to Iowa after that, 
a very cold, like early November game, I want to say, and they're down uh, ten to seven late in the fourth quarter. And Bennett Skoranek had that insane diving catch on like the forty-five yard bomb from Clayton Thorson to put him up fourteen to ten, and that was when they had clinched the Big Ten championship because they already were like five and one or something like that in Big Ten play, and nobody else was that close. And even if they I think what had happened was the next runner-up could have only, won, like, max won six games or five games or something like that. And um, they held the tiebreaker over every single team in their division. So they closed it out with Minnesota and Illinois, won both games 24-14, to 24-16. You know, they weren't, like, a high-powered team. The most they scored in a game last year was that 39 against, or that 34 against Nebraska, and they did it twice. They scored 34 against Akron, too. But they, did, they didn't put up, like, big numbers. You know what I'm saying? So they finished the game with 24 both times the uh, end of the year there. And then they lost the Big Ten Championship 45-24. to And they ended up beating um, Utah in the Holiday Bowl, a game that they were also down, I believe, uh, 20 to nothing at one point. I think they got 31 unanswered. It might have been 17 to nothing. So, you know, here's a team that just, they refused to quit. And I, you know, they lost a decent amount. Let's talk a little bit about, like, what, each team lost and, you know, what they're getting back. But, you know, I'm excited to see if they can continue that, like, in-conference momentum. You know, they lost, mm-hmm. like, almost every non-conference game they had last year. No, they did. They lost every single non-conference game they had last year, Notre Dame, Akron, and Duke. But they w- were 8-1 and one in conference. So, you know, those games are important. So, here, let's hear a little bit about Illinois. Um, who are their key losses and uh, maybe their key returners? Yeah, so uh, biggest loss has got to be offensive lineman Nick uh, Allegretti. Uh, he is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he was a great offensive lineman. A rock started, uh, I think it was 53 games in a row or something like that in his career at Illinois. Um, absolute rock of the offensive line. He will be dearly missed. Um, other than that, the kicker, Chase McLaughlin. Um, you know, Illinois' offense wasn't all that potent uh, outside of the running game. So uh, a lot of times you're kicking field goals, and Chase McLaughlin was solid. Uh, he was really reliable. So um, th- those will be the biggest losses. Other than that, Delshawn Phillips on defense, a uh, big linebacker, um, made a lot of tackles last year. And then um, quarterback A.J. Bush, he was a grad transfer from Virginia Tech. Um, it actually started his college career at Nebraska, but then went to Virginia Tech for a year and then to Illinois to finish uh, with his last year of eligibility. And his arm wasn't great, but he did he did have a good vision uh, when he slipped out of the pocket. And uh, he, he can make plays with his legs, uh, let's say that so um it'll be interesting going to a pro style quarterback in peters uh to start this season but other than that wide receiver sam mays um i wish i could say he'd be that big of a loss but illinois receiving game really was not all that much of an impact last year so uh same goes with tight end austin roberts i lost him but um you know it, it sucks to say but unfortunately they weren't as big of impact as those first guys offensive lineman and a kicker that i had mentioned so um that was the key losses do you want me to go to returners first or do you want northwestern losses first no you you know yeah go ahead okay so uh key returners though um some big names returning uh for the Illini are running back reggie corbin got to be the biggest one um he is <laughs> 
dude, this guy is just, he's so shifty. That's the best way I can describe it. And when you watch him too, um, you, you will see just how elusive he is. He gives defenses nightmares. Um, he can completely cut back on a play that's already broken and still gain a, you know, a first down or even break it to the house. I mean, he was up there, uh, led the nation, I believe, in 80 and 70-plus yard runs um, last year. So, uh, yeah. A guy can move and he can get away from guys. That's Ricky Reggie Corbin running back. Um, another one will be uh, running back Mike Epstein, uh, another guy who is uh, they're, they're going to use multiple running backs, obviously, um, but he, he's another guy that can make guys miss. Uh, he had a few really nice runs in the uh, South Florida game up at Soldier Field, I remember, uh, last year. So it'll be interesting to see how much more he has worked into the offense because Reggie Corbin was the featured back uh, last year in the first year under Rod Smith. So uh, second year will be interesting to see see how Mike Epstein is used. Other than that, on the outside, wide receiver Ricky Smalling, wide receiver Trenard Davis, um, and then uh, on defense, linebacker Jake Hansen. He, he will be uh, called upon to replace some of what Delshawn Phillips uh, you know, uh, is leaving vacant um, uh, with graduating. So, um, yeah, uh, other than that, uh, defensive back Jartavius Martin. Uh, Illinois' defense just has to get better. That is the bottom line. Uh, I wish I could say pinpoint one specific area. Literally every single area needs to get better, though, uh, on defense. It is. <laughs> yeah. it, it was It was bad last year. That bad, and, uh, yeah. So that's, you know, Jartavius Martin. He'll be re- relied upon even more now that there's no Marquez Beeson to be the uh, star cornerback uh, in that defense. So, um yeah, that, that does it for Illinois. Uh, it hit me with the Northwestern ones. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It sounds like, you know, losing a guy like Beeson is going to really end up hurting you guys in the long run. Uh, fortunately, defensively, especially Northwestern's going into the year healthy. So, um, well, let's start with the losses first. You know, I mentioned it earlier. They lost um, all-time leading passer. You know, a lot of, he broke a lot of school records. Clayton Thorson at quarterback. You lose a guy in Flynn Nagel who filled Austin Carr's shoes pretty well, actually. You know, Austin Carr, who was the Big Ten Receiver of the Year, um, he was second in the Blitnikoff Award finalist behind, I think it was like D.D. Westbrook or somebody a couple years ago. Um, You know, here's a guy who Flynn Nagel was a decently highly touted recruit coming in, but he had originally committed to Duke. And then, you know, he flipped that commit and ended up uh, getting stomped by Duke two times in his Northwestern career. So poor guy. But he ended up he ended up getting to go to that Big Ten championship, which was probably really cool. So, you know, they lose him. They lost Nate Hall, who was a uh, three year starter at linebacker, his older brother, Jimmy Hall used to play for Northwestern as well. So, you know, the Hall the Hall generation is unfortunately over. Uh, they lost Montre Hardage, who is now with the Dolphins, um, and he was uh, all Big Ten at corner. And, you know, we saw it in the Big Ten championship last year. Northwestern was only down, I think it was like 28 to 24. Hardage goes down, and that game was essentially over. Ohio State put up like 17 unanswered in like a 13-minute span in the fourth quarter. So that's going to be interesting to see how they fill Montre Hardage's shoes at corner. That's probably the most intriguing thing that I'm looking forward to, especially with a quarterback that Stanford has. They have a senior quarterback. We'll talk a little bit more about the previews in just a minute here. 
But, you know, that's going to be interesting to see if they could fill those shoes at corner. Montre Hardridge was, I believe, a four-year starter. So I had mentioned it earlier, Cam Green, he did retire um, due to health reasons. He would have been a senior this year, and he was pretty consistent. Actually, I think he would have been a junior this year. And he was pretty consistent at Superbeck. So, um, you know, the receiving court is strong enough, I think, to be able to pick up where the slack would have been left from the tight end game in our offense. But, you know, you still need to be able to have that, that option. So I hope that they will be able to, maybe not right away, but someone will be able to ease into that role and solidify themselves because Green was that guy at one point, you know. They had lost Garrett Dickerson, and nobody expected Cam Green to really be as good as he was. I believe he was originally recruited as a wide receiver, and, you know, he, he slotted over to the tight end spot, and he, he was great at it. So that, and we lost a lot of our offensive line. Uh, one specifically is going to be Blake Hans. He is the only one that's in uh, NFL training camps right now. Um, other than that, we just lost a lot of experience in our offensive line. So, you know, losing your quarterback in a bulk of your offensive line is never, ever a good thing. So going to California to have your first game as an away game with an inexperienced, for the most part, offensive line and a quarterback who has little to no experience and scout team experience, you know, it's it's not pretty. So I'm optimistic, but I'm not that optimistic. Um but that's it. We got a lot of key returners. Uh, we have Patty Fisher, who is a uh, preseason All-Big Ten returnee at linebacker. You know, he has All-American potential this year. Probably going to leave early as a junior. He's probably going to leave early for the NFL draft after this year, so this will probably be the last year that we get to see him. Um, Pat Fitzgerald said it himself, probably the best linebacker in Northwestern history, coming from 100% the best linebacker in Northwestern history. So that's always a big compliment. Um, defensive end Joe Gaziano, we're basically boys. He follows me on Twitter, so just wanted to plug that real quick. Had to be that guy. <laughs> Johnny's, like, wandering around his room. He's like, fucking guy. <laughs> All good, um, man. Yeah, no, we're, we're definitely boys. Uh, him and Bennett Skronik. So defensive end Joe Gaziano and Bennett Skronik return for their senior year as wide receiver Ben Skronik. Um, they're supposed to, they're, you know, these are leaders. These are the two captains. Actually, the first three guys that I listed off there are captains. Um, the other captain is going to be Montre Hardridge, a cornerback, and those are all big guys returning for Northwestern that, you know, they need to step up and they need to provide leadership that is probably going to be lacking this year. So, actually, Gaziano's not a captain, and I actually was really surprised to see that Gaziano isn't a captain um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a story behind that, uh, returning at running back. I had mentioned it a little bit earlier, Isaiah Bowser. He's returning for his true sophomore campaign. Um, last year, Northwestern had two red shirt or two true freshman running backs to kind of back up Jeremy Larkin, who I believe was a red shirt sophomore. You know, we were supposed to get like three years out of Larkin, which is why it was like so depressing when he ended up retiring. But, um, Bowser ended up sticking a little bit more than Drake Anderson, who's going to end up being the backup this year. He's a redshirt freshman. And Drake Anderson's dad, Damian Anderson, was actually Northwestern's running back in the early 2000s. He was the school's all-time leading rusher before Justin Jackson came along. So 
Bowser and Anderson um, for the one-two punch in the run game will be something to watch for. But Bowser returning is huge for the Wildcats because he has a lot of eligibility remaining. And he's a bruiser, man. He's fucking big. He's like 230 or something. He's, he's He looks like a fullback almost. So, you know, you got Bowser back. Uh, returning at safety is J.R. Pace. I think he was like second or third in the team in tackles last year. Um him coming back and playing safety side by side with Travis Willick. Uh, the defense is definitely the strong point of this team. You know the cornerback uh, area. There's there's a few question marks. You know you got Greg Newsom, who's going to be a uh, redshirt freshman. He ended up redshirting last year. He played in the Purdue game and he played early on, but he ended up getting hurt. He looked great. He looked like he could have started as a true freshman and been like a lockdown like number one, number two corner all year for us. So I hope that he returns from his injury and continues that production. And then you got Trey Williams, who's a senior, who looks to be the guy poised to fill Montre Harder's shoes. So our, our defense is, you know, returning. I didn't even put in this list, but Northwestern had the Big Ten's leading tackler last year in Blake Gallagher at middle linebacker, and he's probably the least talked about player in the Big Ten period. And he's only, like, a junior this year. So... Him coming back is huge. You know, the defense is looking stout. And then you got Riley Lees as, like, a return specialist slash, like, slot receiver. So they have a lot of experience and a lot of core of that team returning. They just don't have, like, that, that like, spoken for, you, you know, the quarterback's like the point guard. Mm-hmm. You could have as good a team as you want in baseball without a point guard. You're shit. You know, it's like having a baseball team without an ace pitcher. You know, you can put up as many runs as you want. The other team's going to tattoo you if you don't have good pitching. You know, we see it with the fucking Sox. So, I mean, I hope they have a good year this year. They have a lot returning. They have enough returning to be able to have a good year. They just got to be able to put pen to paper, man. So, um, other than that, let's look forward to week one and then kind of wrap this up. Uh, I'll let you start with, um, because you guys are going to end up starting. You guys have an 11 a.m. tip tomorrow. Or a tip. <laughs> See, I just started talking about basketball. You have an 11 a.m. kick tomorrow, and we have uh, we gotta wait till 3 p.m. So uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started? For sure, uh, Illinois versus Akron, Memorial Stadium, Champaign, 11 a.m. Like Jonda had just mentioned, um, Akron team that beat Northwestern last year at Northwestern's home turf. So um, you know, one note from that, things to look out for from Akron. Um, you got uh, 2018 All Mac linebacker John Laco uh, recorded two. Uh, pick sixes in the win over Northwestern last season. So um, definitely someone to look out for, especially a guy like uh, Brandon Peters, uh, first time in Rod Smith offense. And I think Rod Smith offense is better suited to a running uh, hybrid quarterback instead of a pro style one, but we will see. Got to, got to be aware of those uh, Akron linebackers. Uh, One, I guess one uh, hole that that will need to be filled there on that Akron defense. They lost a guy uh, to the draft. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert third uh, was drafted by the Steelers. He, he was a big force for them. Uh, it's star player for them over the past few seasons. And then um, other than that for Akron, um, let's see, uh, on offense for Akron, Cato uh, Nelson, uh, starting quarterback, uh, he's got a 51.5 completion percentage over his uh, few seasons. Uh, but now he is converting to a more pro-style offense because uh, Tom Arth will be a first-year coach at Akron, so this will be his first uh, go-around uh, with the new club. 
Um, so the, the Cato Nelson, uh, I think the the consensus on him is that he will do better uh, than a 51.5 completion percentage in a pro style offense uh, compared to what they were running before. Um, he did, though, uh, lead the Zips to a Mac East title in 2017. So, um, you know, obviously a little experience under his belt there uh, for the Akron Zips. Um and then on the outside for Akron, uh, Andre Williams, uh, 46 catches last year, 649 yards, six touchdowns. So um, that Illinois secondary that I talked about, I mean, all areas of the defense are hurting, but uh, the secondary giving up big pass plays, that was a huge hole for the Illini last year. Uh, they're going to have to keep an eye out for Andre Williams on the outside. Absolutely. Um From an Illinois perspective, uh, look for them to run the ball, man. That is the bread and butter. Uh, Reggie Corbin, Mike Epstein all day. Um, Obviously, Peters will get his throws in. Uh, You look for Sam Mays on the outside. Um, Wish I was talking about Luke Ford as a target here, Jonda, but um, unfortunately the NCAA uh, screwed us on that one, so uh, that's not going to be an option. But, um, you know, Ricky Smalling as well uh, on the outside, uh, getting open for um, – Brandon Peters uh, under center, uh, probably most of the time in the shotgun, though, knowing Rod Smith. And then uh, Trenard Davis as well uh, on the outside. And um, other than that, I mean, it's going to be a lot of runs. Look for Reggie Corbin to break some big ones, man. If he finds any sort of hole, uh, he could be gone. A shot out of a cannon. That's really what he looks like. Um, So... Honestly, that, that is really all I've got. I will be at the game. Um, I'm going down to Champaign early tomorrow morning and do some tailgating um, and uh, be in the old stopping grounds down there at Memorial Stadium, um, probably sitting on about the 35 uh, on the visitor sideline. So uh, that is where my uncle has some season tickets. So uh, I'll be going down with him, post a bunch of pictures, videos, whatnot, from the Big Ten on tap account for my personal one, uh, and we'll share them. Uh, you can get the game day experience through me. Uh, on social media at Big Ten on tap. So uh, that'll do it. Uh, Illinois preview. Uh, like I said, 11 a.m. start time in Champaign. And I believe that's on Big Ten Network. Uh, we'll try and get you the broadcast info too. So I believe that one should be rolling on Big Ten Network. Uh, John, you, your matchup's a little more intriguing. I, I'm not trying to overlook, you know, Akron, like you know, said they beat you last year. But, you know, this is a big one. Uh, the, the Nerd Bowl, Northwestern Stanford. Give us the rundown. Yeah, no, definitely don't overlook Akron. Those Mac schools always give Big Ten teams trouble. Um, Historically, I'm sure the Big Ten obviously has a winning record over Mac schools, but, you know, I I can remember a few. You know, even like uh, Western Michigan beating Northwestern a couple years back, and, you know, there's been a few victories like that that come to mind. So definitely be on your toes. But, um, yeah, Northwestern at Stanford – Obviously, in my opinion, the most intriguing matchup of the Big Ten this weekend. You know, the Big Ten likes to schedule cupcakes. A lot of schools like to schedule these stupid fucking, like, basically one double-A schools. They're not one double-A schools, but, like, I'm pretty sure Nebraska's playing a team from, like, the Sun Belt. You know, the Mac's obviously a little bit of a step up, but then you got, like, I don't know. So, you know, Wisconsin. Basically, what you're saying US, is uh, North, Northwestern has some balls to play. Has some fucking. Week. That's what you're getting dude. at. And they do, and it's funny because in basketball they're like the exact fucking opposite. They don't schedule like anybody. So, um, Pat Fitzgerald, fucking huge hammer. So, Stanford, um, obviously, uh, they were decent last year. I believe they played in the Pac-12 championship. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know too much about Stanford of last year. I haven't really paid much attention to Stanford ever since the last time they played Northwestern. Um, David Shaw, obviously, still at the helm. 
they have been a per, they're a perennial contender, you know, in the Pac-12, and they're definitely not a team to take lightly. So Bryce Love, Heisman contender, Heisman finalist, actually did not. Uh, he's gone. I don't know why, what I was about to say. I was about to say did not stick around. He's out of eligibility, so he couldn't have stuck around. So Bryce Love no longer with Stanford. Um, they got a senior quarterback coming back though. KJ Costello, who is he? You know, he's a pro prospect. I think he has a chance to get drafted next year. Um, he's a very accurate quarterback, and you know, he's got a couple receivers, and he's got a. You know, Stanford always has a big fucking offensive line, dude. You know, that was one of the things that. You know, when we played Stanford last time, there wasn't a lot of scoring. Our defense was stout enough, but you know, they're hard. They're hard to break through that. It's hard to break through that Stanford offensive line. So, um, yeah, he returns for his senior season. Um, we'll see what he can do. Uh, Bryce Love. We'll see if uh, Cam Scarlett can fill his shoes. He was kind of their second running back last year. He returns, I believe. He's a junior. So they got all them. And then uh, Jovan Swan is a name to look out for on the defensive side. Here's a guy that, you know, a lot of people in the Northwestern community thought was going to commit to Northwestern. He's an Indiana native. I believe he is going to be a redshirt sophomore this year. So this was about three years ago. And, you know, fuck this guy. You know, I'm a big fuck you if you don't commit to my school and we get a chance to play you. I want to do everything I can to show you why you should have committed to my school. You know, this happened uh, last year. There is a guy on um, Michigan. I think his name's like Perry Hill. He's a receiver. He he committed and decommitted from Northwestern. So that's even worse. So, like, anytime someone does that, obviously you're on my radar. But obviously there was obviously probably a situation. I think he had a family situation and he was from Michigan, so he had to stay local and i i mean if you ask me if i'm a kid that doesn't know too much about the background of like college football i'm probably going to pick michigan over northwestern too and like a lot of the recruits that northwestern gets is going to be locally like more local and more geared toward like the academic like people that probably don't have a big chance to go pro where they can like kind of pitch that degree (laughs) a little bit so Mm -hmm. um other than that that game is at three o'clock uh central time it's going to be on Fox. I'm going to be in my family room, absolutely drunk, yelling at my TV. I will not be at the game. I did not cop a uh, plane to Palo Alto, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, here's one thing that I do want to talk about, though, which is absolutely fucking stupid. Northwestern has a fucking bye week next week. Oh, wow. That, that's, How that's, that's some. That? They're, they're giving you blue balls, Shonda. Right? It's like, here's a little taste. Fuck you. I gotta wait. And okay, so don't get this. I almost had to, uh, I, at my job, um, on the 14th. No, wait. Yeah, the 14th. I almost had to go to like this conference slash like meeting on the 14th that you know I wouldn't have been able to. Watch. I would have watched this game on the 31st. The next Northwestern game I would have been able to watch would have been the 21st of September. How shit! Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Fortunately, the conference got canceled. I may or may not have uh, made like a bomb threat or something, but. Uh, it's no longer <laughs> happening. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not really that funny. But uh, moving on. It's all jokes here. It's all jokes. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit over the top. I'm I'm that asshole to go like over the edge with stuff. So, you know, we might get a little bit of a fan basis that of people that don't really, you know, may not even know us. Maybe they'll stumble upon our, our across our stuff and have no idea what Shy Sox Weekly or like on tap sports is. So. You know, obviously we said this is the intro episode, so we're going to get all that 
good stuff out of the way. Obviously, we do have, uh, we, you know, we, we swear, we're laid back, uh, we like to drink beers, and uh, yeah, I mean, Johnny, do you got anything else that you want to talk about this episode? Uh, yeah, I mean, that sucks that you, uh, I mean, I, that's pretty much it. I just, since you had mentioned what your next week is, um, I'm not going to, obviously we'll have a preview for, uh, our next weeks with, uh, UConn, but, uh, you know, Illinois, they, they do travel next week. They are at UConn, um, on, uh, Saturday afternoon at UConn, 2.30 central time start next week. So, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, a road test early for Lovey Smith, no cupcakes early. Uh, they will be back home after that for Eastern Michigan, but you know, like you had said, you know, uh, feels like Illinois plays all those home games for that first month, like they're home that whole month. Uh, not the case this year uh, away. And then they will be back home for two more uh, later in September, but uh, it is a road game against UConn part of the series that they have. I believe UConn comes with champagne next year, but um, that's it, John. Uh, that is all I've got Illinois football. Like I said, just follow big 10 on tap on Twitter and uh, we'll have some content coming for you. Um, uh, game uh, sort of uh, final score edits uh, stuff live from definitely champagne tomorrow John if you get a little riled up I think you should uh, post a video or picture or something uh, uh, while you're watching that Northwestern game and uh, yeah it'll be good times going forward man I'm looking forward to the season that's all I've got though John oh yeah I spent the better part of my early afternoon dicing onions you know dicing green peppers I got the sloppy joe sauce already prepared I got the sloppy joes going in the crock pot tomorrow at like 10 in the morning I'm I'm college football's back, Johnny. Let's go, dude. I'm fucking ready. Well, let's go. Um, we, we ready to close this out? Yeah, we're ready to close this out. Go Cats. I-L-L. I-N-I. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time.